Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's going to kill you as soon as it looks at you. I'm Alex. When you're faced with a million decisions and wandering through the inky black night, what do you do? Have sex in a room full of candles? Yeah, you can definitely do that, and that makes it all better. But the real answer is turn to the only thing you can trust, a magic eight ball. Yeah. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Riverdale Season 6, Episode 14, Chapter 109, Venomous. Before we get into it, let's do a little bit of recap here about what's going on in the old town of Riverdale. So everybody has been getting superpowers. Jughead can read minds. Betty can see evil auras. Veronica discovered she might be getting some powers last episode, which is... Yep, Kiss of Death, we found that out, but we're one step ahead of Veronica, but she figures figures out a lot more about it this episode. Archie is impervious to harm and super strong, except to one thing, the metal palladium, which unfortunately Percival Pickens, who is an evil something or other, who uh, has the power to control people, coerce people's minds. Unlike Jughead, has a chunk of Palladium, which comes into play this episode, and he has brought Reggie over to his side after Reggie and Veronica's recent breakup, partially having to do with the co-ownership of the local casino, Babylonium. Come on, Reggie. having to do with a lot of other issues that they have going on in the background. Meanwhile... We've got Cheryl, who the two things she's dealing with are the two big things, I guess, is she has the powers of fire. Uh, She can control fire. (laughs) And also she has started to reconnect mentally with her old crush, Heather, from back in junior high school. That comes back in a big way. This episode, Tony and Fangs are off doing something. We're not 100% sure what. Tabitha is off in Albany. She's coming home soon. She is coming home very soon. She'll be in the next episode, and I believe Tony and Fangs will be in the next episode as well. They've been about time. Weirdly off screen, but we won't get too much into that. And last but not least, Alice, Betty's mother, has some hidden secrets of her own, specifically about Hal Cooper, the notorious serial killer known as the Black Hood, who back in the day did some pretty evil things that we find out about this episode. Oh, and I should also mention one other character who is Dr. Colonel Jr., yeah, best character on TV. Best Woo. character on TV, hands down. He's back, he's back. No he's doubt. Back, baby. Uh, we sh- we should say, uh, in case you saw the title of this episode and thought maybe someone would turn into Venom or have Venom uh, powers, that's not mm. quite how it all unfolds. In case yeah. you were disappointed at all, a little bit, you I'm, know. I'm sure hundreds of viewers were thinking that. And yes. that, by that, I mean just one, our our good friend, <laughs> P. LePage. I don't know. I went into it thinking at some point Veronica was going to have uh, some sort of being say, we could do whatever we want. Oh, Eddie. wow. How was that? Wow. Was that, that was pretty good. That's my fan. Pretty I'm good. trying out for the third movie. Smart. And uh, P, Smart. that's what you get for bringing up Venom. You yeah, know true. Alex Venom. is going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they've already got Venom. They got Toxin. 
They got Carnage. I'm going to be Mild Mayhem. That's what I'm aiming for. Ooh, smart. That's been your nickname uh, ever since I've known you. <laughs> yes. Now, lots of stuff going on here, but why don't we walk through the separate storylines, even though everybody very nicely crisscrosses here. Everybody's working together, which I really well, appreciate. I mean, before we get into the yeah. intervening storylines, this was a huge heat check episode. I feel like... We've had a lot of um, ideas about what's happening at this season on the show and um, uh, a lot of push for, say, um, Shoney to come mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. I think that's been pushed off. Well, we well let's little, take it. Let's take it easy. I'm just saying. I do, we've talked a lot. On, I've certainly are talked a lot about Are we getting couples? Are we going yeah, hot right at the top I of this mean, podcast? No, I just, just, I'm just talking. I'm just saying. Heat check. This is. A, a, we don't have to get into it, but this was an episode that upset Justin, you the know apple cart. That the heat check section is always at the end of the podcast, right mm-hmm. after we talk mm-hmm. about MVP. We say now it's time for the heat check. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, stop doing that. I don't know well, why we start doing that. Venom you, get, <laughs> you get it one no, time. We, we don't we, we us in there. I'm heat yeah. checking our heat check segment and bring it to the top of the podcast because it's interesting. I'm trying out for no, the role stop. of heat check. <laughs> Stop Heat it. check, please. Uh, yeah. The not uh, a very popular comic book character. No, but speaking um, of comic books, this does a great job of uh, <laughs> talking on, about on. how since Justin topics. brought it up. I think we do need to get into it here. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on with couples in a lot of different directions. I'm going to caveat this before we get into any sort of discussion, uh, just in terms of we could probably argue for the next several hours about exactly what's going to happen. But I think the main thing is hold on. You uh, jumped ahead of what I was saying. The caveat here is we know from watching five plus seasons of Riverdale that literally anything could happen at any time. Whatever we think is going to happen off of this episode can absolutely change in the next episode. So there's a lot of stuff we could speculate about. People could shout Bughead Rising, people could shout Shoney Bones or whatever you shouted. They could shout all these things and that might absolutely be true and that may play out, but we've still got a lot of episodes to go, particularly in Riverdale time here, and anything can happen. So that, well, that's, that's a caveat, that's not just for us, but also for the listeners. For everyone. And that's what yeah. I was excited about in this episode, despite the fact that it definitely does feel like there's, uh, now Bughead is rising a little bit, and uh, Varchi, Barchi, there's like some interesting energy happening at the end of this episode. They brought the ships back in a way that casts them into chaos. And I think that is very smart of them uh, because it just feeds our speculation. So I just wanted to shout that out the top. And that this was one of my favorite episodes for a couple of reasons of this season. For a couple of reasons, it shook up everything that we've been talking about. Uh, But at the same time, there was some progress. I thought this episode was shot super well. There were some great... Uh, super interesting shots. The f- spider walking across the uh, frame when uh, yeah. Cheryl mm-hmm. was talking to Veronica. So cool. And the dance sequence at the end, one of my favorite of the series. Oh, wow. I thought it was really well done. Very I also want to give a, a caveat, not a caveat, an asterisk shout out, not just to the director of the episode, but also the editor of the episode. I'm sorry, I should have looked up the names, but I do think beyond the fact that you did have these very cool shots, the way that it was edited together was really neat as well. Like the Jughead Betty going into each other's minds thing. Was oh very, my God. Like yeah. Very simple camera tricks, but yeah. the way that it was edited together was very cool. You were talking about the end sequence with the dance, the sliding frames with Jughead ah. remembering things at the 
yeah. same time. So cool. I love that stuff like that. And that is, you're right, that's the editor and sort of the just the direction of the show to have those sliding Giving, panels. Very yeah, cool. panels like in a panel of a comic book, which was Interesting. exactly okay. where they started. Good call. Good call. And uh, yeah, the whole paging through Betty's life like she was one giant long box was just really amazing and such a cool idea. And uh, I loved everything. That's your nickname for your girlfriend, right? Long box? <laughs> Nope. And honestly, Pete, <laughs> if it is, bless you, but I would yeah. keep that to yourself. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, keep yeah. it to you. Don't tell Alex keep, stuff like keep that. Keep that idea he, bagged and boarded, okay, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of bagged yeah, and boarded, always keep come it bagged on. And I mean, look at that. Those comics. I mean, you had some action comics, some old stuff. They should have been bagged and boarded. You can't just have them out there touching them with your greasy hands, Jug. Like, you know on, what? They're, they're mental comics. They're metaphors. It's hard to okay, bag the and board. The metaphor them, ones, metaphor. fine. I'll give you that. But the <laughs> other ones, come on. The real ones. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Shall we start now? There, let's then? walk through the episode. Okay, yeah, let's, let's get into it. Let's walk through the episode. I, I think. What do you guys want to do? Do you want to walk through it bit by bit, and we'll sort of we'll see where we get. Let's see what yeah. happens. I'll start There's talking, and then Pete will take it back five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. where we'll talk about the end of Blackish, like the last five minutes of Blackish that plays before what? Riverdale, and then we'll go. From nice. There. Yeah, that's where Pete always wants to start. <laughs> yes, Jughead, as you mentioned, is reading comics, which, like Pete was talking about, is a big theme of this episode. This is also, and I think this is actually a good place to start, because it's not addressed in this episode, but it is something they're layering throughout, we're starting to see memories and scenes and even lines from Rivervale break through here. Here yeah. later in the episode, we get the exact dialogue from back at Rivervale with Archie saying, I didn't know you like comics so much. And Jughead saying, I contain multitudes. In this case, it doesn't specifically seem like Jughead is remembering it the same way Tony was a couple of episodes back. But what's your theory? What do you think is happening here between these two universes? Um, I think it's it's leaking. The barrier's breaking down. I think the line choice here, I contain multitudes, feels like something we've speculated about, like this is all happening in one of the Jughead's brains. Um, this is a story that Jughead's writing. He contains Rivervale or, or Riverdale, or he contains both of these universes, and they are bleeding into each other. So I think whatever's going to happen at the end of the season, there will be some sort of, um, I want to say, crisis on infinite jugs. Whoa. And that will that will then result in a new final Riverdale forming, I think. Oh, wow. Mm, that's interesting. So you think there's going to be a reboot at the end of the season? Not a, even a reboot, but just sort of like a defined, um, here's where, here's what is real. It'll go, I think we'll lose the superhero stuff, the superpower yeah. stuff and get back to like, here's what happened. I think we'll pull, just like Rivervale, we'll pull elements across the the timeline, the um, the realities and have just like a new status quo. Well, speaking of that, we did kind of get a flashback within the show where we got to see, uh, you know, Jughead uh, talk with uh, Betty, which was absolutely magic. Hold just on, you're jumping ahead. Much, you're much jumping later. Ahead. I know this is the only thing you uh, want to talk about, but just to stay on this multiverse thing for but a But that's what I'm month. trying to say is we had flashbacks from earlier, like in this show, which was such an interesting, cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like the memories was actually stuff that we'd all experienced together. So it kind of worked really well to <laughs> we, show. Yeah, but you famously were raised on Bucket. So that, that was, must have been I gotta nice. say, it's one of my favorite things, your memories. and this is jumping very much as this thing that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but in that scene where Jughead goes into Betty's memory, or ostensibly Betty's memory, and sees him crawling through the window, it was crazy when the camera cut to you, Pete. Like, that, yeah. that blew my mind. Yeah. I could yeah. not believe you were in there as well, the entire time, yeah. hiding under the bed. Yep. Cackling like a madman. Yeah, it <laughs> was weird to see you. 
um, um, in I'm, the episode. Here's here's what I want to say real quick about the multiverse thing. Maybe a little bit more evidence here. There are a couple of pictures that were put up over the weekend from on set. Vanessa Morgan and Drew Ray Tanner put them up, and it seemed like they were both wearing wedding rings in the pictures. And people already kind of on edge about everything. Were like, well, that's it. Tangs is married. Tony and Fangs got married. However, Drew Ray Tanner posted the picture on Instagram with the text into the Riververse. Add that into the fact that Ted, one of the writers on the show, posted up a thing saying what they were filming right now is the biggest thing they've ever done, maybe even bigger than episode 100. And I think, Justin, you're probably right that we're not just going to see Riverdale and Rivervale, but we're actually going to see a multiverse of Rivervale and Riverdale and River Gale and River Mal. Ooh, a couple nice. of other things yeah. like that. Throw some other letters Ooh. in there. But I think we're going to see all this stuff matching up and all these different options and uh, variations, like I'll, you're saying, probably through the lens of Jughead, because the other thing that's brought to mind, and then I'll kick it over to you, Pete, the other thing that's brought to mind is repurposing of the text from a previous story that happened to them is a classic Jughead move. And given that we have writer Jughead in the bunker over in Riverdale, I wouldn't put it past to be, this is Rivervale's Jughead's story, but he's controlling the action in Riverdale, and this is why this is happening, potentially. Oh, yeah, so I you're saying like, a, uh, like he's going to kind of like maybe be pulling the strings behind Bughead? Is that what you're trying to well, say? Well, maybe he doesn't even realize it. He was locked into this bunker and forced to write stories for the rest of his life. And as we've joked about, the only thing Jughead knows how to write about is his own life. Yeah. So if he's tweaking the details a little bit and then actually influencing the action over in Riverdale, I think that's a nice way of bringing those stories together, potentially. Well, I don't know if he has to tweak any tales because I tell you what's happening in Riverdale is that uh, Archie and Betty are getting stale. You know, I mean, uh, it's okay. just kind of You don't. Here's here's one other thing that I'll say, not just for the people on this podcast, but also the people listening. You don't have to come at other ships to protect your ship. So like I'm if you like about. a ship, plus up your ship. That's great. Go for it. You don't have to negative plus down. Good. I don't know. I'm Your just explanation is really a really well. podcast. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not that trying like, to yeah. insult anybody. I'm just saying that it, from what I'm watching, you know, it seems a like very sensual massage that laid on each other in the living well, room. Because yeah, I, yeah, I would argue, Pete, like, I think your point of view is, is colored by your um, extreme bug headedness. Sure, because sure. I would argue, and while I said, like, there's definitely some bug head happening because of a couple things that happened in this episode. This episode was also a good Barchi episode. No, so uh, here's what, what I'm trying to say to you before you both keep cutting me off, is that we kind of had this thing where Archie was like, oh, I'm po- I got to poison myself to save the town. And Betty, a couple times, tried to talk to him and be like, Archie, maybe there's another way. He's like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sacrifice myself. So there was a little miscommunication there in the relationship. Sure, you know, when he found out, like, maybe he only has one more night, he wanted a nice massage. You can't blame the person for that who doesn't want to go out feeling relaxed but i just think that you know yeah, they definitely they just had a massage like, they definitely just had a massage like, and went to sleep that's, that's what, what you're that, saying exactly right yeah i mean you that's know, not you're gonna go to sleep go to sleep relaxed you know what i mean so i just think that Every night, uh, Pete you gives know. his uh long box a nice massage <laughs> <laughs> oh boy Anytime you say something, it's the creepiest thing of all time. Not much makes me uncomfortable, but that, sir, is one of them. (laughs) 
if uh, I love the fact that we got through two lines on my recap of events and then we just went far afield. That's fine. But uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to get backing up to Justin here in terms of the Barchi thing, but also back up a little bit of what you said, Pete, because. Yes, Betty and Archie are sort of at odds here in terms of what they want. Archie is doing his typical bullheaded thing, pushing ahead with That's the Palladium trading no That's matter all, what. Betty is getting frustrated about it, is off on her own thing with Jughead. But I do think ultimately that's the point of that scene where they do give the massage is they are coming together at the end there. They are still strong as a couple. But to Justin's point, I think what we have at the end of the episode is some really very interesting different moods for these couples. Yeah. And particularly Particularly the characters that play on what you expect from the chips, but drive them in specific directions. Specifically, I think Jughead, what they do with their with him at the end of the episode is very fraught in my mind. Yeah. Because it he's remembering stuff from his relationship with Betty. Right. And if you look at it like purely from a bughead shipper perspective, you're like, yay, bughead. He gets that text from Tabitha. That hurts because Tabitha's great, and that's his yeah. girlfriend. And he's not mentally cheating on his girlfriend, but clearly that's going to cause some problems for him going forward. But Betty doesn't necessarily think the same way. He's the one and, experiencing those memories. And I would argue, actually, Betty, because she made no connections to mm-hmm. like uh, their past, and she's so confident um, in their their sort of friendship and not romantic relationship, that she's like, "Hey, poke around in my head for a while." And at this, by the same token, at the end of the episode, like, how confident do you have to be in your relationship that you're like, "Yeah, could you kiss your ex girlfriend here?" <laughs> like, that's a level and of confidence. Have, uh, the other thing is like almost opposite from the Jughead stuff, where clearly this is causing him a little bit of mental agita, and that uh, leads to potentially some rockiness with him and Tabitha that they can definitely get over. Um, but on the other hand, Veronica, Betty, and Archie are all cool. They're good. She even sings toxic to them, and yeah. it seems to mean nothing. No, yeah. well, what? The, the way Ar- the, well, just one what? second, one second, Pete, let me just finish. The way Archie's dancing during toxic, I was like, he's in it right now. That, that shot was wild. You, okay, that shot over there, that was KJ Appa. That was not Archie. Like, uh, that's I 100% a, agree with you. That's, that's the actor. That's the actor loving that song. He's yeah. a huge Britney <laughs> guy. And I'm, just let me just finish. The one last thing, but the way that Betty and Archie are at the end of the episode, I was like the the Varchi kiss. I was like, that's so weird. But then I was like, but they seem so happy and like coupley at that last moment. So it, it I still stand by what I said earlier. This opened the doors for anything to happen. But at the same time, I was like, that's a couple that I'm confident will remain a couple. Whatever. Pete? Anyway, so uh, yeah, the being cool with the kiss was one thing but you know when you when you kiss somebody sometimes things change so we don't know what's going to happen never but noticed that at the end <laughs> if you guys were like oh yeah they're cool they can kiss or whatever betty did steal a veronica's kiss from archie that she blew at archie so mm. you don't know you don't know where that kiss is going what are you like a was kiss the, analyst yeah that, was, that kiss is going to archie <laughs> no, I and think that kiss was to Betty. Betty grabbed it. No, no. Alex, well, who's that kiss targeted yeah, to? Alex. I didn't see a laser point, laser <laughs> sight on that kiss. Uh, yes. I, I'm going to back up what I said earlier, and I think that kiss was aimed towards Lily Reinhardt, not Betty. Or That was not the characters in that scene. And that's totally fine. They're having a great time. They're having a good time. I was just very surprised that it didn't have any more of an impact. Everybody oh, seemed it's cool going to have whatever. It's going to be a deep it, impact. 
<laughs> it could be a deep impact, could be an Armageddon. We honestly have no we idea which way it's going to go. Yeah. But uh, yes, absolutely, it could impact the next episode. They, in classic Riverdale fashion, they could reverse everything, and suddenly Veronica's like, "That sparked feelings in me towards yeah. Archie, and I'm gonna get him back, and I hate Betty now." Or they could continue to be totally fine with it. We just don't know. And that's what that's exciting for the show. That's why I mm-hmm. applaud this episode so much for bringing all the ships back into a fold in a way that um, doesn't change anything, but throws some fun little tweaks in there. So, well, that's like, the thing. I'm here I, for it. You know, uh, that's the thing that what you're getting at is exciting because the the opportunity that is now available is exciting to see if there is going to be any movement and what that's going to mean. But I tell you what was a little heartbreaking was Reggie because I want, you know, Reggie being like, it was me the whole time I'm taking you down. Um, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that he's standing up for himself, but at the same time, he's really slammed the door shut on uh, their relationship, which is a little heartbreaking. Well, because Why don't we very briefly just go over this arc since we have been jumping all over the place. So uh, the Reggie Veronica arc, Veronica is finding out that she has toxins in her body. She doesn't know what's going to happen, but she's, she's literally toxic. She's literally toxic. And then she is a song. slave for you, if you will. <laughs> and she uh, finds this out by talking to Dr. Colonel Jr., who thinks she's going to die by the end of the episode. Thanks to Cheryl and a little testing on her own in a bubble bath, she finds out that, no, she's not. She can actually control it as long as she can control her emotions. This coincides with Reggie teaming up with Percival to try to take over the casino in a hostile business takeover, using the idea that very briefly she is put on dialysis by Dr. Colonel Jr., and they use that as a sign of her weakness. She shows off doing Britney Spears' dance number at the end to prove to them that she is not, in fact, weak. But as Pete mentioned throughout the episode, Reggie is really throwing it back at her. And I think, in an, and I like this move, not being controlled by Percival. He is just yeah. doing this on his own. And I, I appreciated that. Which is a little uh, heartbreaking, though. It, it was upsetting, but it's setting up sort of like not just Percival as a villain, but like a couple, like Reggie's like a, a sub-boss for Percival, it feels like here. And Reggie's being like, Reggie's being Reggie, Um the line where he's sitting with the board members and he's like, Veronica, you look insane right now. Right I was now, like, yeah. oh, very fun. Like he's yeah. just being a regular dick. Um, so I, I like him as this level of villain. I do think much like his time with Hiram last season, he will eventually turn on Percival once Percival is exposed as this like my absolute monster. Yeah, because uh, I like it when it's Reggie's like secretly a good guy, but rolls with the bad guys just to kind of get a lay of the land. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know um, if it's a lay of the land yeah. so much as he falls in on the wrong side of the tracks and then gets pushed towards the right side of the tracks. And, and I think that's classic Reggie Mantle, Archie comics. Like, I think yeah. that's why they're playing them like that here. We don't get really a sense other than as Veronica calls out, he's pissed off because they broke up, which it could simply be that. But there is so much other things going on in the background in terms of his dad being sick, him feeling pushed to the side by Veronica's past relationship with Archie, among other things, always feeling like he's second fiddle. So that's all stuff that they can deal with going forward. I don't think they needed to this episode. Just making him into pure ragey villain was a good place to have him just just for one episode. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I also 
want to talk about Veronica bouncing back and forth between the two main um, medical options here in Riverdale. Dr. Curdle Jr., a mortician. And she's mm-hmm. going to him and be like, hey, help me out with some very extreme medicine. And Cheryl, Cheryl the yeah. other doctor <laughs> figure in town. <laughs> That's some wild. And obviously it works out. Um, I but, would say instead of the town with Pep, it's a town that needs a real doctor is what it yeah, is. The town in, yeah, with a hospital uh, request uh, pending. I'll, I'll tell you what, this is blowing up my MVP status at the end of the episode. But Veronica or maybe Camilla Mendez more than anybody else, I think is relishing and rolling with everything that's going on here. Just this entire time. She feels like she is in her element with all of this. Yes. And one of my absolute favorite things that they've been playing every episode, while Archie, Jughead, and Betty in particular are going, oh, what are we going to do about Percival? How are we going to save the town? Veronica is basically like, screw it. I will do it myself. I mean, and yeah. about everything. She is in charge. She's taking care of it. She is owning everything. She's leading into it. It's great. I'm loving it. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree. And she's enjoying it with um, a little bag of smart food popcorn. Yes. The entire the, time. Well, when she found out that she wouldn't die from toxins, she was finally allowed to eat smart food. Yeah. Um, uh, great product the, placement. By the way, I ate a ton of that shit. It didn't make me any smarter. Oh, maybe you're impervious. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. You should check the label on that. Oh, okay. um, but uh, yeah, I agree. Veronica, great. Um, I, we talked about the kiss scene, but Veronica in that scene, you can see it because I, I do think there was a moment where she was like, you know, OK, like there's still that heat between her and Archie a little bit. Yeah. But it, it to me, it felt more that she was just like, oh, my God, you guys really care for me as a person. And you guys knew that I'm upset and feeling low because the way it was positioned where my two friends helped me out and then we get the reveal of what happened. Like, th- I thought that was really sweet. And that's why I think that she was blowing the kiss to Betty at the end of the day. Um, so I, I thought it was great. I did want to say, like, she gives that speech where she's like, all right, shareholders, let me build some confidence in you. We should keep this casino. I will kill you if you try to take it from me. And then she's like, and, and just to cap it off, yeah. I'm going to dance. What are those old <laughs> stuffy money people who are like, great dance person yeah. in charge of our money? Tell you what, it's Network so Upfronts Week, and that's exactly how that works. Yeah. Bunch of stuffy advertisers sitting there, bunch of young stars dancing in front of them, doing a little song and dance, sell that advertising. She's got it right. She's got it right. Yeah, she's going to have a great year. It's kind of sad. But I I did think that was one of the the best dance numbers. I thought um, Camila Mendez was so good in it. Um, And it was shot super well. And it really folded into the story in a way that they don't always do with the dance numbers. I was like, this actually is capping the story. It's Veronica's rise throughout the episode. She's coming into her own and taking ownership. At the same time, like... um, sort of winning her battle with the shareholders and reaffirming her friendship with um, Betty and Archie. Just a great climax. Well, I mean, the most telling line there, I would say, is from Betty when they do the flashback scene to Betty offering up Archie as a kissing vehicle, saying, we want to see you get your main character energy back, which feels like... That's got to be something they discussed in the writer's room. They're like, Veronica yeah. is a side character right now. How do Why? we give her her main yeah. character energy back? And they're like, here we go. This is how we do it. 
So yeah, good for them. What were you really going to say, Pete? Well, I just I, I feel like uh, you know I was very excited when Veronica could outdrink everybody, and I was hoping like maybe oh, yes. do like a, a contest where she would just drink people under the table and get money. But I guess you know she's going to go with her, her whole casino thing. But uh, uh, yeah, I just I really enjoyed the you know the Cheryl interactions in this episode, especially with Veronica and the classic, like you are now the spider woman. I will give you the spider brooch. Just <laughs> hysterical. Like Cheryl was killing it, man. As always, just, just I had a revelation about Cheryl in this episode. Okay. She is the Nick Fury of this season. Ooh, mm. wow. She's the one who's bringing together everyone as sort of the, as the Avengers of Riverdale. And this episode just cemented that in place. She's the one everyone comes to when they have a problem. Um, she fixes all of their problems, or at least is trying to. And she gives, when she gives Veronica that spider brooch, I was like, yes, she is the one who's going to sort of fully endow them. She forges in a wild scene. She forges Archie, makes him fully invulnerable. Everything flows through Cheryl because of her experience with the supernatural. Right. And I mean, let's talk about that Archie scene where he's just like uh, shirtless, uh, just kind of like screaming and shaking papers until they catch on fire. I mean, uh, as an actor, you have to read that and be like, wait, what do I got to do? But, uh, you know, <laughs> I was definitely watching for- that being like, I think they were having a nice time doing this. <laughs> yeah, no, fun. But I think that's what's so great about the season is like, and I know, Alex, you've expressed some like the superpowers thing is not jiving with you on Riverdale. It's mm-hmm. 100% fun, though. And I think they're actually, especially this episode, everyone's having fun making this right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, except for real comic book collectors who know if you're going to be someone who's passionate about comics, you got to at least put some gloves on or a fucking bag and board that shit because otherwise, don't say you know about comics and you're passionate about comics and treat them like absolute you're passionate garbage. about reading comic books, which is the true comic book fan thing to do, Pete. You don't well, put then, that stuff away. You gift it to people. You share yeah. it. They experience the art. Yeah. But what's your, what's your glove? What's your, that, man. what's your glove budget like? How many, oh. how many gloves are you putting on and off every day when you read comics? Hey, man, it, 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 you can rewash the gloves, all right? You don't yeah. have to burn money. Wash I wanted to say gloves? one quick thing about Cheryl, and then maybe we could talk about her storyline on her own because Good it's a little idea. brief. But it is very funny to me. She's like, I know something about spellcasting. She's had like two weeks on everybody else with this. Like, that just happened at the end of last season, and that was pretty much it. And she was 100%. raised in a creepy nightmare house. What are you talking sure. about? She was raised in a house. That Dude, doesn't make you good at spells. Oh, my God. Dude, She oh, she's done stuff with Nana. She's done... She, she has She has plenty of reason to say she's an expert. I Let me just throw a little more uh, uh, dynamite in here. It's crazy. She's like, hey... Everybody back off. I'm a professional spellcaster. And she's like, where do I get advice? Oh, a toy eight ball is where I mostly get my advice. I was like, sure. Or creepy you know she's like? She's like somebody who went to, I don't know, London for a week and came yes. back and was like, let me tell you guys about London. I'm kind of an expert. Yeah. Well, well, let me like, tell you the best places to go. They're like, oh, I'm back from London. It's like, what are you talking like? You've been there one week. Why do you yeah, have an accent? Madonna, that's, come on. That's Cheryl, exactly. Yeah. Madonna Dude, take shots. Time. But yeah, Cheryl's storyline, very brief, that we've touched on most nice of this. Nice one, Miles is- Mayhem. You got Madonna like you've been <laughs> Thank you. Don't. 
Cheryl is trying to reconnect with Heather. Like you were talking about, she's using a magic eight ball to try to find out if she should talk to her. She's being hardcore razzed by Nana Rose the entire oh time. Oh, my God. Yo. So funny. Uh, Nana Rose throwing straight fire at her, being like, you know, normally, if someone likes you, they reply. Uh, I know I was uh, I wanted to be like, yo, Nana, Nana Rose, who's emailing you? What emails you got pounded down your um, Blackberry, probably, that you're uh, oh, wow. getting these messages on. But, like, I mean, what are your expectations at the top of the episode? When you sit down with to, for a conversation with Nana Rose, like, of course you're going to get roasted. She's well, She only throws out burns. She's devastating. Yes. It's, but she, Nana Rose, liked- Nana Thorns. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Nana Thorns. Uh- I like the Cheryl storyline because getting back to the fun of it, it seems like Madeline Patch is having fun. And in the middle of an episode where she's doing these big arch things, talking to Veronica about poisons and advising Archie with palladium soup, which we'll get to in a second, among other things, ludicrous. She just seems like a normal person being like, should I call this girl? I used to like, I don't know. And it was just such a fun change of pace throughout. We also finally at the end of the episode, finally all. Of Heather filmed, interestingly, just how the Sabrina reveal was filmed yeah. back in the Rivervale event. Of course, Heather comes from Greendale. She's Do a librarian there. She, Sabrina's uh, faking it, and she is actually Heather. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I was no. not saying that. Oh. But if I Heather is faking oh. anybody, she's faking being Miss Grundy because they're wearing the same costume. Uh, no! Interesting call. Well, but isn't Miss Grundy, di- didn't she live in Greendale for a while? Yeah. Oh, maybe she did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's how everyone dresses there. Yeah, uh, but I also think she's a librarian in Greendale. She's going to get up to some witchy stuff. We're going to see Heather's got some witchiness to her as well. Uh, but just to go back in on the Cheryl wait, stuff. Wait, wait, wait. What kind of logic are you throwing down there? That all witches are librarians? What was that? But you, where does spells come from? Books. Where are books? Library. Oh. Case closed. <laughs> Case closed. Go to a library. That's some real is, seven degrees of Kevin I know, Bacon. I used right to work there. at a library. Everybody there. Was I know, Alex. Classes. It's all you talked about. It's all you talked about last yeah, episode was your library spells. Well, you were you were getting out too many books about like trees or whatever in the wrong yeah, Dewey I, Decimal. I, I want to know what they are. I want to know what they are. What are? Why won't anybody tell me what trees are? You know? Yeah. <laughs> what are trees? <laughs> Google every Google search. Trees. Um, trees? Question mark. We kick off. You're trying to buy weed. Uh, we kick off. Uh, <laughs> Pete gets it. Pete knows what I'm talking about. Oh, mild man doesn't get it. Uh, we what get, are you talking uh, about? Stop. <laughs> why? Um, we That's, so Cheryl, it's, we're way over the rule of threes on that. Fucking walk away, dude. Once, once you pass three, you got to. Once you, pa- once no, you pass five. three, you got to keep going. I'm not going to make five. it past yeah, another exactly. one. It becomes funny every three. You're going to have to finish it if you do. Actually, another I don't clock. think that's how it works. <laughs> um, keep the count. Ding. When, so that we get the first scene with Nana Rose, and then she Nana Rose is watching a painting like it's television. Oh, when, yeah. Yeah. Cheryl, what was that painting? Was that it was the spider brooch? Oh, okay. It was a very intense version of the spider brooch, was yeah. my takeaway. Or right. it was one of the alien face suckers it from Alien. like somebody cradling a spider to their naked chest. I could be wrong about that. Like That's it's where like a brooch a baby. goes. Yeah. Spider bear. Naked chest. It's hard to put a brooch on a bear chest. I don't know. Anyway, it was a beautiful piece of art. Go on. 
You want to be formally nude. I just love uh, Nana Rose in the scene, like from watching the painting, like it's TV to she's like, oh, the Rasputin book. Yeah, I was just reading that casually. I was like, Nana Rose, get out of here with your life. And then she just absolutely destroys talking shit about how email works. Mm -hmm. Just a huge Nana Rose episode across. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was great to see the Rose still slanging it around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I thought. This was great. Very fun. Liked all the Nanoraz, if you will. Nanoraz. Good. Thank you. What do you think about the arrival of Heather? Because I know you talked about Shoni going downhill or maybe not coming back this season by the end of the episode. Obviously, a lot of people were very upset about that with Heather arriving. Um, I still think there's a chance. I still think there's a chance, but but I just think there's definitely a chance. There's going to be I think this is going to be something. Uh, as opposed to in the hearing about Heather, I thought it was going to be like maybe a one episode sort of redefining her past or owning like sort of how she became the person she is. With Heather arriving the way that she did, I was like, oh, this is going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like a high fidelity situation where, you know, sometimes to appreciate what you have, you have to go back to your past and talk a little bit about to your exes and then kind of like come back and. Uh, then recommit yourself to the Shoney. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Pete, let me applaud you for having um, one point of view on all these relationships and sticking with it no matter what happens. <laughs> Thumbs up. Here, here's my here's my take no on it, just given the Riverdale pace and total prognostication. But I do think exactly what you're saying, Justin. I do think we're going to see a multi-episode arc for Heather. It is going to become deep, but I, and at the same time, we could see Fangs and Tony potentially growing closer or have to deal with uh, a lot of people have speculated they'll get to have to get married to win the custody battle. But Mm -hmm. I do think by season's end, we might see both of these relationships ending, opening up a possibility for Shoni Next season, like I think we're yeah. going to end with a little bit of a question mark here of like, mm, yeah. are they going to restart? We'll see what happens. Well, I think the difference is what from what we said before was like, oh, I think we're going to end up in this season with Shoni. And I think like you're saying, it's, it will be next season and we'll have a uh, question mark there. I well, did think I it also was, think. Oh, go ahead. Justin. No, you go. You go. Uh, I was just going to say, I also think this is getting maybe like a little too much about Cheryl's psychology here. But I do think ultimately the fact that like Tony was her first girlfriend. Now she has gone through. Oh, my gosh, I'm totally blanking on her name. Uh, the woman who came over from yeah, Minerva. For the Minerva, Minerva. Minerva. Yeah. Minerva. Yeah. So she went through Minerva, which is not a great relationship, but it was a relationship. But now she's going to go back to Heather and deal with whatever, whatever trauma she has there and get past that, probably in a very positive way. That puts her in a better space to go back to Tony rather You're than putting everything right. on it. It, she has and she's more experience excited. with relationships then. Yeah. Yeah. She's excited about this relationship. Um, I did want to do a quick deep dive on Cheryl's emails. Mm-hmm. Um, we oh, get yeah. a we get a shot of shot. Cheryl's inbox real quick. Um, to break them down, we get a check-in from Britta, mm-hmm. which I thought was nice to see. Nice. She's crushing it at school. She's Good going for she's trying to figure out she's got a 93 average. She's trying to figure out if she's gonna be an A or an A minus. I think it's great catch-up. Mm-hmm. Um, we get some spam from Alice Cooper. <laughs> 
<laughs> randomly, two emails. Then we find out that uh, their f- Josie got four Grammy noms. Nice. Yes, from Kevin. Uh, the, oh, there was two spam messages about her car's warranty. Then there was the Kevin email. Then there were two emails from Alice, one of which I think was mislabeled. One of them was probably from Josie because it was Alice's email being like, thank you so much for the congratulations on the Grammy nominations. Yeah. It, well, it was a forward. I think that was a forward. I think it was as if Alice had talked to Josie about mm, it and then forwarded okay. it to uh, Cheryl. But I was like, "Who? what is this communication? Why are Alice – have they ever really interacted on this show? They have an active email relationship. Kevin, despite the fact that he's sort of gone bad, is still like sh- shouting out the Grammy noms for Josie to Cheryl. And then um, – That's the closest we got to Kevin all episode. Now, this is the best a, one though. Yeah, that was the best one. And there are some, there's like one spam about like a, a mortgage thing, but then there are two emails from the Bank of Riverdale. And I just want to say, Uh-oh. that's got to be a fucked up bank. Yeah. That's some oh, sort no, of. No, I was saying the best one was the thing that Alice forwarded to Cheryl. It was an article. <laughs> it was an article about how fraternal twins age at different rates than identical right. twins, yes, which yes, is yes. yet another explanation of why Jason is a year older than Cheryl, which wow. I thought was very funny. Very, that's, that's some secret shit right there. Yes. Uh, but yeah, overall, the Cheryl storyline was very good. Why don't we move on and talk about the Archie one, since we've touched on that a bunch, and that does tie into the Cheryl thing. So as we mentioned, he is trying to build up an immunity to palladium, and he does that first by wearing palladium and getting himself super sick. Then Cheryl makes him some palladium soup that he drinks. That makes him even sicker. And then ultimately, she forges him using fire uh, into Which a... Fire? Witch fire, and he becomes uh, impervious to palladium. So I said Iron fine. Man. I said sort of like- Iron Man, you know? Oh, Does that sound easy. familiar? Yeah, we yeah, have, um, some sort of Nick Fury type uh, making some sort of Iron Man? Mm-hmm. Great. I'm not not and, familiar, sorry. Anyways, I want to go back to the discussion here where we have Cheryl and Betty and Archie sitting down, and Cheryl's kind of laying this all out. And it was just such a funny, classic Archie moment. We were just like, yeah, force me now. Force me right now. Whatever it takes. You know, and he, it was just such, it like just got explained to him, and he was already all in. It was just well, like. Archie, they happened a couple times in the, this episode. Like, I love Archie. He's, Cheryl's like, the raw palladium's too intense. You try this palladium soup. He's like, okay, and it worked for this Russian guy? Get to the point. How do I kill myself almost? Hurry up. Just tell me how I almost kill myself, and I'll do it right now. And yeah. he does it, and it is very funny. And you see Betty. That's how I could tell that, that – uh, Barchi is really settled in for the long haul because Betty's like, wait, Archie, wait a second. What are the side effects? Oh, yeah. death? Archie, see, death. That's how you got to pay attention here. And I thought that was just a fun back and forth that you're talking about. Two things that I thought were kind of fun or interesting in the storyline to focus on. One, so he takes the palladium soup and he's like, well, this isn't working, and then pours it down to the drain in the sewer. So the entire sewer system gets entirely contaminated with palladium. That doesn't seem great. The other thing that I think might potentially have been a little foreshadowing is the note that Rasputin was impervious to harm and ultimately they had to drown him to kill him. Mm-hmm. So I do think we're going to get something down the road where Archie gets Perci- drowned. Ar- well, Percival tries to drown Archie oh. and he's going to find out, oh, wait, my insides are not impervious to harm. I right. Still and that's, that, that tracks back to what we said earlier on in the season that Archie is sort of tracking the unbreakable, the movie, um, the M. Night Shyamalan mm-hmm. movie, because that is the vulnerability to Bruce Willis in that movie as well. Yeah. Water, yeah. Yeah. 
so that's good. Uh, shall, anything else about the Archie storyline? We should call uh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, good for him. I mean, as an actor, if you're going to stay fit, I mean, get all the shirtless scenes in. You know what I mean? Like, uh, good for you, I guess. Archie was worried he was losing weight, but based on how he looked, I don't know where the weight was coming from. Yeah. Like one lock of hair that falls out, um, and he's down like it was, 30 pounds or something. It was nice to see him a little vain where he was like, I'm losing my hair. You know, it's yeah, like he, he lost a strand, but okay, I appreciate yeah. where you're coming from. He didn't mind at all when he broke his hands boxing, but he's like, I, he loses one piece of hair. He's like, Cheryl, burn the shit out of me if my hair's gone. <laughs> Do you think uh, there's anything to the fact that last episode Jughead ruined his hands and then this episode? So Archie ruined his hands. Wow. Watch your hands. Hands are important. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was funny after he was drinking the palladium soup. And it, anything, it's probably a gazpacho, right? Like it's a, It seemed like a palladium Gatorade, to be honest. Yeah, it seemed like a Gatorade. Soup is a strong choice here. Yeah. Um, but when he's drinking the soup and he's at the gym and he's doing jump rope and everyone's like, yeah, jump! His gym <laughs> fans are just like going crazy and then he yeah. falls over and they're like, well, dude, uh, the idea that his gym is just like a fan base of people who love well, him. Well, I mean, yeah, anytime someone breaks out a jump rope in the gym, you're going to get a crowd because people yeah, like to see if you can jump it. You know, you can do, <laughs> you can jump the rope. Yeah. Which I is mean, the whole yeah, thing. That's wow. one of the main things. Yeah. 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 Why don't we talk about Betty and, well, Betty in general, but also Betty and Jughead. Drunk Betty. That was a fun moment there. Drunk Betty? That was like yeah. a quick thing. I know, but then yeah. she went after her mom, and she was still drunk. She's like, you know what, mom? I was like, get it, drunk Betty, get it. So Betty's storyline is she has Jughead take her inside of her memories because she realized last episode she has suppressed memories. And over the course of the episode, she finds out that Hal was grooming her to be a serial killer. Oof. Alice knew about it and not only knew about it, had the serial killer genes herself, something she lied about in a previous season that – Everybody's been wondering about about how that worked genetically, and this sort of plugs that little hole there in terms of that family tree. And then yeah. not only that, Alice helped Hal hide the body of a deputy under their floorboards for, I want to say, conservatively 20 years, something yeah. like that. Something like you that. You can till, still tell it's a police uniform, though, luckily. Mm-hmm. It was a big time. Badge. Yeah. 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 You, I was going to say, like, they did not do a great job of hiding that body. No. They didn't seemingly bury it. They just literally laid the body one inch below the wood. Which floor. the smell alone has got to give it it's away. It's worth it for the smell alone. That's what I would say. Yeah. Oh, right, wow. Nope. nope. And it's hard to bury a body in your home because mm-hmm. that's how you get caught. How? Yeah. But um, that also, while we're talking about Rivervale parallels, that parallels Betty hiding Glenn's body under the yes. floorboards Whoa. in that episode. So we're getting yeah. a lot of uh, reverberations. A lot of connections. Yeah. Um, take, that brings up, if, if you're going to buy a new home, check the floorboards first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I Whenever I go in to look at a house or apartment, I just start ripping up the walls and Smart. the floors. I don't even ask permission. Yeah, like better to ask for forgiveness than permission. I <laughs> That's true. That's true. This storyline um, was great. I even in a non-romantic context, I like seeing Betty and Jughead work together. The fact yeah! that they played on the Betty and Jughead relationship so well and went into their history, I thought was really good and interesting. As we've talked about how that plays off of Jughead, and I do appreciate that they did, like I said, plugged all of these holes in the continuity. Um, even though we didn't, it didn't feel like the biggest revelation in the world to find out that Hal 
groomed Betty to be a serial killer because we kind of knew that already. It's still a nice well to go back to. It was pretty creepy well, man, where it was like, hey, uh, what it feel like when you were murdering that thing, huh? <laughs> oh, good, right, kid? Come on! It was. It, it was. Uh, it really was genuinely cute. scary. Um, like Hal has come up a couple times in the last few episodes, and he's great. He's scary in the right ways. They the scenes they use him in, he is the creepiest he's been. I think in the whole series. I will also say, I still think it's probably a crackpot theory and almost definitely wrong, but. This episode does provide a good amount of backing for the Betty's TBK theory. Agreed. Yeah. I was thinking about that a lot watching the episode. That's like, why when she went into the brain, I was like, dig into the TBK stuff, Jughead. Mm-hmm. Like, we need some answers there. Well, just to review this, because we were talking about this on the last episode, we've never seen, we've never actually seen Betty and TBK in the same place. There's a possibility that she could have created some sort of fight club separation in her head and created TBK for some reason. And I do think this episode points to potentially that reason, because not only was she groomed by Hal to be a serial killer, but... Uh, Alice, they specifically dwell on the fact that she wanted to create a separation in her mind between the good parts and the bad parts of her. And I also think overall, why are we going back to this now? Other than, oh, it's interesting to talk about Betty and her serial killer genes and all of these things, the things that the uh, show has talked about and again and again, I think it's got to tie in in some way. So again, probably a crackpot theory, but I do think we're adding up some potential evidence for that. It was, do you want to go in that direction? It was also really hilarious to see Alice at work and then Betty, like not give a fuck and storm right in live set. You know what I mean? Just like you can't, Mm -hmm. you can't just barge onto somebody else's set, you know, walk right up to somebody. You never do that with local news. Oh my God. I mean, a show as prestigious as Riverdale today, which again, there seems to be no camera people, sound people, literally just (laughs) Alice. She's like, Hey, we're about to shoot. There's not a soul in that room. <laughs> that they walk into. So I'm sure she just walks around, turns the cameras on, rolls on the audio. Yeah, it's like, exactly. all right, the one woman Those are news all team. Mike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did appreciate getting to see Mage and Amic do things other than just be Percival's flunky. It's been a long yes. time since we've seen that. And there's some good dramatic stuff that happens with her, particularly towards the end of the episode with Betty. So that was all good to see. What else should we talk about? Any other moments uh, from the episode that either of you want to call out in particular? Well, I just I just wanted to kind of I feel like we didn't really hit how great drunk Betty was because it was nice to see her go after her mom a little bit and really try to get some, you know, information. And the, you know, mom coming home from work and Betty had ripped up the floorboards and the mom didn't even notice. And she was like, Mom. And like the whole turnaround reveal thing was was quite enjoyable. I thought it was strange that when her and Jughead were going to dig up the floor, she wasn't wearing shoes. <laughs> I was like, you're about to do some sort of heavy demolition. <laughs> throw some throw some boots on, uh, Betty. But I agree that all that stuff was really fun. Um, the uh, section when Archie's like, hey, uh, hun. Um, would you mind just opening this can for me as if she'd be like, sure, and not ask him why aren't your hands working? <laughs> yeah. It's like, Archie, you are short-term thinking throughout this entire episode. Very funny. The shots, the fact that you're like, hey, guys, want to go grab a drink? And it's nine shots is also very funny to me. Um, so that was fun. And then I want to shout out, we didn't see a lot of um, Percival in this episode. But the moments we did see him, he still has that menace. 
And he has just some great lines at the top of the episode. Um, Best not to be a penny on the tracks, I thought was really good. And him sort of watching in an episode where it feels like our team is sort of finally coming together. He still seems like he may be ahead of them. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see um, if they yeah, actually do have a leg up. At the end, during the toxic performance, he's smiling a little bit. And I think at least part of it, my supposition was he enjoys the challenge. Like Veronica yes. does keep kind of getting one up on him. And he's like, OK, that, all right, let's go. We can, we can do this. Yeah. So I, 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 wanna, I still think he's going to bring it. I think you guys got a little far ahead of it here. I want to go back to the uh, uh, Betty mom talk where she <laughs> kind of was like, hey, like, what was the plan, mom? You know what I mean? Like, you knew that he was a bad person and you saw us so close together. And it was this interesting, you know, they didn't really deal with it. But the mom just thought if Betty was perfect and like did all these things correctly, she couldn't be evil, which was an interesting kind of defense or idea. Uh, she was like, you just wanted a perfect little daughter. And I, I thought that was just like a, kind of quickly thrown aside, just an interesting defense where, like, my daughter can't be evil if she's perfect. You know what I mean? Like, she if she gets good grades and does all these things. So I thought it was kind of like an interesting uh, kind of point of view or a defense for, like, oh, I, she won't be evil if I can kind of, like, keep her this pretty perfect kind of thing, which was uh, kind of a psychotic idea, but interesting uh, kind of in all the madness. Yeah, there was a lot of nice retconning going on in this episode, and I appreciated it. Before we wrap up here, who was the MVP of this episode? I know I already went and said Veronica. Yeah, you really sniped us. Yeah, yeah you sniped, sniped us guys. early. But she's killing it. This is her episode. She's great. she's great. So much fun. As you said, good dancing, good character arcs. Veronica just keeps on winning. Pete, what about you? Yeah. Who's your MVP? I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to say Jughead. And uh, the reason I'm saying Jughead is because what happens when one person realizes they're in love? You know what I mean? Like, what do you do once you realize? Uh, hey, like, hey, I got bad news. Yeah. Not much. Not much is right. Not much. Not much is right. But when you're cheering from that love from the outside, I'm interested to see how it pl- pays off. I'm interested to see how we deal with this new information. But I re- did really love how Jughead was there for Betty, was really kind of like talking through what was going on. And when Betty was very comfortable with him being inside of her head, poking around and finding out secrets. So I I really, I am I'm feel like maybe, you know, it, uh, Bughead rising. And I'm very excited about it. Well, I'd also say, not to contradict that, but like we've been talking about, I think everybody was really comfortable with each other this episode, yes, which was right. so great to yeah, see. Yeah, friends. Yeah, friends and everybody working together. It's something that we've asked for for seasons, happens sporadically, and it's happening a lot more this season. And it's good to see just bring on... Tabitha, Tony, and Fangs get them in the mix too, and have everybody working together. Uh, Justin, what about you? And I think at the at the very least on the the Jughead thing, he definitely has unresolved issues, feelings, whatever with Betty. I mean, that's what happened with their relationship. So that those hits at the end, like it could be love. And I'm not contradicting you, Pete, but it, it could also be like, oh right, I sort of just stopped being with her and have now moved on to another like very intense, great relationship. I need to resolve some of these things yeah. that are literally jumping into my brain suddenly. Yeah, he has to do a, what did you call it before, Pete? A high fidelity? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, go back okay. and... Never uh, heard of it, but that sounds fun. Yeah. Do you have an MVP, uh, Justin? 
I do. And I mentioned it earlier, but I got to give it up to Nana Rose in this episode. <laughs> Just, she's coming in. She's the Rose Master General, Nana Raz. Um, she is coming hard, and I appreciated every second of it. I'm if a little disappointed like, nobody picked the morgue guy, you know what I mean? Come on. Dr. Curdle Dr. Jr.? The morgue guy? Wow. <laughs> it's like you're not even on this podcast, Pete. <laughs> if you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark, Eddie. Ooh, mild mayhem. Shout out to that candle room floor sex post-massage. Yeah, 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 yeah.